Hello everybody and welcome to episode 15 of the synopsis. I am Zach and welcome back. We're going to go down the rabbit hole today and we're going to be discussing some creepy things. We talked about conspiracies and missing people in the last couple of podcasts. So today I decided, hey, let's talk about some creepy stuff. I just saw a YouTube video recently by Oh My Gosh TV and it reminded me of the Winchester Mansion because he did it on the Winchester Mansion. It reminded me of the movie, it reminded me of this history, it reminded me of a couple of other spooky or scary kind of things, so I figured why not talk about that in today's podcast. For those who don't know about it, I can introduce you to the mansion and what a, what everything is, all that good stuff, but obviously, first and most foremost, we must do it this time online. So we're going to do that first, then we're going to hop into some mysteries, some spooky shit, and then we'll finish off for this time online like we usually do, and we'll shout out our sponsors, and we'll also shout out our supporters of the podcast. So, without further ado, let's go down the rabbit hole on episode 15 of The Synopsis. Okay, obviously this week a lot has happened on the internet, and we're going to start by discussing the numerous things that have happened involving guns this week. Again, we're not really going to get into politics on this podcast, but we are going to discuss a couple of things. Now, after the El Paso and Dayton shootings, the day after, a man was arrested and apprehended in Springfield, Missouri for walking into a Walmart with a loaded firearm and a cart full of ammunition. This man's later claimed that he was doing this as a social experiment to see if he would be stopped. Now, it may just be me, but that seems like the stupidest thing to possibly do when everybody is already on edge. Now, everyone obviously is on edge about the shootings. Everyone is concerned that they can't even go to their local grocery store without potentially getting shot by somebody who's completely crazy. This man now goes into a store fully knowing that he wasn't going to shoot anybody according to his statement. However... He knows that he's going to make people panic. So how in God's name is this a social experiment? There's no experiment here. It's just somebody using fear tactics to get a reaction for either a YouTube channel or an article. Something that they are doing to try and get publicity from. If you are really trying to do a social experiment, why don't you go into a Walmart and like give people money or pay for their groceries? You know, try and bring some happiness into the world. You going in and literally planning on scaring people, planning on making people fear for their lives is not an experiment. It's a shitty thing to do. It makes you a shitty human being. And anyone can argue with me about this. I don't care. We have to look at everything recently. There's been multiple shootings in the last year in America alone. 250 now. That's more than days there have been this year. Let's just sit back and think about that for a second. Because you have somebody who's purposely going in and causing fear to people for what? For an experiment, in air quotations? I mean, what are you experimenting? You're experimenting that people know that the world's in a pretty shitty situation right now? You're experimenting that you know that people are going to be scared of you if you walk into there? There's no reason for you to be walking into Walmart with a loaded AK. There's no reason for anybody to be able to buy a loaded assault rifle. That's my question. Now, in response to this, Walmart has decided to take down their displays, and I quote, of violent games um, on the end shelves and stuff like that. 
Really? That's the response that Walmart has to take down video games? Like, come on guys, that's not the problem. You're still selling firearms, you're still selling guns, you're still selling weaponry. So what makes you possibly think that, oh, let me take down that Mortal Kombat display, or let me take down the Call of Duty display, that's gonna make sure that nobody else gets hurt or gets shot. Video games aren't to blame. You guys can put it on games all you want, the government can blame video games for as long as they want. At the end of the day, games are not to blame, it's people. And I'm not saying it's all people, I'm saying it's those who are purposely out with intent to harm. And that's why there needs to be stricter laws. I don't care about left wing or right wing, whatever it may be. Come to a decision which will help the country as a whole. There's no reason that we cannot get along in this scenario where people are getting shot every single day. The LAPD, I believe, just recently tweeted a picture of a Mac 10 fully loaded, 50 clips in it, ready to go. They said they took it from a gang member or a drug dealer and they quoted, this isn't in the hands of drug dealers or gang members anymore, we're trying to make it safe one gun at a time. The people shooting up these Walmarts and these um, synagogues and churches and mosques and whatever it may be, and we'll get about the synagogues and mosques soon, but the people doing this aren't gang members and they aren't drug dealers. The people doing this are cultish that, that's what it is, it's a cult. It's a cultish behaviour of people purposely trying to believe that they are in the right, forcing their own shit onto other people. Oh, well Trump said um, people coming in from Mexico is bad, let me shoot up a Mexican Walmart. No, it doesn't work like that. ICE invades 600 people at a food processing plant in Mississippi. Nobody bats an eyelid until one little girl comes out and says, Hey, my dad isn't a criminal, why are you punishing us? Nobody batted an eyelid. Nobody bats an eyelid about every day somebody being shot and somebody being killed because of the mass shootings in America. Why does it take so much drastic action for us to finally stand up and say, hold on, something needs to change? There's been shootings at synagogues. People shooting up synagogues because they said Jewish people isn't the right religion and they're filth. People shooting up mosques because they say every single Muslim is a terrorist. That is not true. The fact of the matter is this. If you're doing that, you're the terrorist. It doesn't matter what color your skin is, it doesn't matter your gender, it doesn't matter your race, it doesn't matter where your origins are from. What matters is that you're killing people. And if it's more than three people, that is a terrorist, simple as that. Most murders that are happening in the States right now are not from people who are from other countries. They're from white males who are American. And you can argue with me all day long, but look at the facts. They are white American males who are killing people for no reason whatsoever. Their, act their actions are absolutely unforgivable, they are ridiculous, and people need to change how the world is now, otherwise we're going to be continuing to live in a world like this, and it's just going to get worse from there, and we're just going to keep blaming other people. America, come on, figure it out, put it together, figure something out, okay? Australia, shout out to my Australia listeners who are in New South Wales, Sydney, shout out to you, I can see you my boys, I can see you, don't worry, I got my analytics on, I know where y'all are listening from. Australia had a giant school shooting back in 96, they changed gun laws, not a mass shooting since. America, changed gun laws, no no no, let's not do that, let's take down displays of video games. We can't blame games, stop blaming everything else apart from the guns and apart from the way things are. The f the, oh well, Zach, the Fifth Amendment, we have a right to bear arms, okay, that's fine, but when the Declaration of Independence was wrote, do you really believe that they knew of what was going to happen in the advancement and technology of firearms and weaponry? They had muskets which took a minute and a half to reload with a giant stick and some gunpowder, okay? That's gonna not kill many people, that's gonna be a long time. They wasn't talking about you have the right for an AK-47 with 150 clips 
um, ammo to shoot people right away. That's not what they intended. That was not what the declaration was about. So maybe it's time to go back, relook at that, and maybe we need to start changing things. Forget about freedom and my rights. The right, yeah, you're right. You're absolutely correct. You have rights for silence. You have right for speech. You have right for firearms, but maybe not the ones that are automatic or semi-automatic. Maybe you have the right for a musket, or maybe you have the right for a pistol, something like that. Go back and re-amend re it. Just re-look at everything and really sit, sit there and the government can look at themselves and say, if this was written today, would this still be in effect? The answer is no. And you can argue with me, well, it's history. People are, you know, don't tread on history, blah, 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 whatever it may be. Listen, fuck your history. I'll say it right now, and if it gets me in trouble, so be it. But fuck your history. It's history for a reason. It's in the past. What do we do from history? We learn from it. Ain't nobody in this whole world right now looking at Hitler and going, hey, that was a really good fucking idea. Let me get an army together. Because guess what? If they tried that, they would get stopped on the spot. People would say, no, we're not doing that. So why the fuck do you guys think that we can just have guns and do whatever we want with them, huh? Let's, let's be real. Come on. So moving on from this subject, because I'm getting a little bit heated now, so we'll move on. Going to more of the lighter things. Well, not so much light, but you know, it is a news story. Today, on this Sunday, the 11th of August, is five years since Robin William died. And that's crazy to me that it's been five years already. I loved Flubber as a kid, I loved Jumanji, not to knock on the new one that The Rock made with Kevin Hart. That was a great film, but the original one with Robin Williams was fantastic. Mrs. Doubtfire, just to name a few. Uh, Jack was another one. So many good movies this man made. He was a comedian. He was a comedian of the comedians. People, even anyone who was in the industry loved Robin Williams. So unfortunately, it's been five years since he passed. It's pretty shitty. But unfortunately, you know, mental health is a real thing. So if you need help, please reach out to Suicide Watch or a friend. Do something to try and save yourself because it's not worth it. Trust me, I've been there. I know what it's like. I know the struggle. You can get through it. You just have to have the team there to support you. Two more things before we get on to our main synopsis podcast today. Uh, Miley Cyrus and her boyfriend Liam have split up. Liam's Hemsworth is his full name. I forgot his name. Sorry. Liam's Hemsworth, Miley Cyrus have separated. So they are no longer a couple. BTS are going on vacation for a while. Stop making music. Kind of moving everything back. WWE just did their NXT takeover. Everyone is saying Johnny Gargano, thank you for everything. Absolutely. He did fantastic. He did really well on that. If that was his last NXT show, so be it. He deserves a main call up he deserves to be much higher up than he is right now so NXT TakeOver if you haven't watched it go check it out Johnny Gargano against Adam Cole fantastic match and our final thing for this time online before we get into the Winchester Mansion is going to be Jeffrey Epstein he committed suicide inside of his prison cell and good fucking riddance I said to you before in a previous podcast that we shouldn't just have the death penalty, people need to suffer, and that is one of these cases. Jeffrey Epstein is basically a sex offender, he was convicted, he was put in jail, he was working at a bank, he became like this giant big person, he was, you know, he was making a shit ton of money, he was working by the, with the government, and then the Justice Department checked him out, and they're like, hang on a minute, you are, uh, you're sex trafficking, you're abusing people, like... Him and Trump were hand in hand, and finally they did something about it. He killed himself in jail because he couldn't handle it. Here's the thing, though. He killed himself in jail after being placed on suicide watch after a first failed attempt. 
which says to me that it's definitely some kind of cover-up or something like that because either A, the guards weren't actually watching, or B, somebody was paid off so he could actually kill himself because let's be honest, if you're on suicide watch, you ain't gonna be able to get anything past anyone. You shouldn't have anything in your room that is even remotely harmful, you're isolated. So for him to be able to successfully hang himself, somebody wasn't paying attention because he'd have to tie things together with the bed sheets and hang himself. Definitely attention wasn't paid. So Jeffrey Epstein, fuck you. We are going to move on from this week online. We have a couple more things we can discuss at the end of the podcast like we usually do. And we are going to be discussing them. Something I saw on Twitter today regarding a dog and a dryer. I am not going to discuss it right now. We'll get into that later. But what we are going to do right now, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to take a quick commercial break brought to you by our friends at Anchor FM. We may have a new sponsor coming through soon, so fingers crossed for that. If it happens, fantastic. If not, oh well, it is what it is. I want to give a quick shout out to journeyofwrestling.com. Again, they are doing great things with their online game. If you guys haven't checked it out and you want something fun to do on your iPhone or your Android or your computer, whatever it may be, go to journeyofwrestling.com. Pay, you don't have to, it's free. You can pay $15 for more saves, but you get a free game save. You create your own company, basically, and just go through history. It's a fantastic game. You should really check it out. Let's get into the Anchor commercial. When we get back, we are going to be talking Winchester Mansion and all of the spooky things inside of it right here on the synopsis. The year is 1884 and the Winchester Mansion has been in construction. It has already been built right now. At this current time, it is only a eight-bedroom house, which I say only, let's be honest, we'd all love to have an eight-bedroom house. I especially would love anything over four bedrooms. That would be great. There'd be a lot of room, a lot of people, you know, we could have a good time, store some stuff. So it's 1884. It's an eight-bedroom house. It's a vibe. You know, it's a Winchester. It's the Winchester Mansion. It's not known as that right now, but they start to build onto the house. They build the, buy the property around it, kind of just build. And ironically, the Winchester Mansion isn't as much as people would think they believe it's like on this little area where it's isolated and you just go there for tours and whatever it's not it's right on the side of a busy main road or winchester road which they called it it's almost like they built the whole entire city around the mansion itself to preserve it so let's get a little bit of backstory the winchester rifle was originally produced in 1860 now this would be used by militaries and by very rich hunters and stuff like that so basically, the Winchester Empire was based on the blood money. And it sounds pretty familiar to now that every time they had a gun purchase or something like that, it was probably because somebody was getting shot and killed. So effectively, they're living on the blood money. And like I said, it sounds very familiar to what's happening right now in the world, isn't it? Kind of like how on one of those podcasts, remember I said how history kind of repeats itself and it goes in a constant loop? It's been about 200 years and it seems to be the same kind of vibe, right? Somebody gets shot, somebody dies, has, hey, guess what? Gun companies still make money and that's how life seems to be again. So, <laughs> kind of funny how everything kind of comes full circle, right? So, Sarah was married to William Winchester. That was his, his full name was William W-I-R-T, Wirt, Wirt Winchester. I don't know how you say that. He was a treasurer of the arms company until he died, and he died in 1881. 
Now, he died of tuberculosis, and this gave Sarah Winchester an estate that was worth $20 million. Now, if you did that in uh, today's time, that's about $519,241,380. That's a shit ton of money. And she inherited that. She also inherited 50% of the holding, which is basically the shares of the company. She inherited 50% of that, which means she could live off of basically those shares alone. She would get $1,000 per day, which uh, is about, if we look at the conversion now, it's about $26,000 a day. So that's a lot of money when you really put it down. So it can tell you how this house became this giant thing. Now, Sarah always believed that she had a curse put on her. She personally believed this, and it kind of came to fruition when they had her daughter. William had died in 61, sorry, 1981, and on June 15th, 1866, she had a daughter. Her name was Annie, and she died after only six weeks. She died of ma marasmus. Now, marasmus is a form of malnutrition which can occur in anyone and usually in babies. It's basically saying the body weight is less than 62%. And unfortunately, the little Annie died only after six weeks of being on Earth. This was kind of the point where Sarah was starting to go into a spiral. She wasn't really happy. Obviously, who would be happy? She just lost her one and only daughter, potentially. Ironically, it was her one and only daughter, not potentially. At the time, potentially, yes, but it was her only daughter. So since the child's death, she believes she was cursed. She believed that there was no coming back, she couldn't have another baby, and then William died of tuberculosis, and then she inherited all this money. And this is where the Winchester Mansion starts as its story. So we had the backstory, let's talk about the actual mansion itself. Sarah personally believed, after she went to a psychic, she went to this psychic who quote-unquote was speaking to her husband, and her husband said, you need to build rooms on your house to harbour all the spirits of people who have been killed by the Winchester rifle or guns we have made to put them at peace. And that was the way that she believed it would alleviate the curse if she was to add home, add rooms effectively onto this Winchester home. This is effectively where the Winchester mansion began. As of 1884, after they started construction, because they were already building onto the property, and 1884, they basically did round-the-clock construction until Sarah died in 1922. So that's a good 40, nearly 40 years of non-stop construction. And this was all because Sarah believed that the way to relieve this curse of her was to help the spirits. Now, she had many a rooms that was designed for her. Now, not to get it twisted, people need to remember that this wasn't her first house. This was her house that she bought in 1884, and it was already an eight-bedroom house. So this house ended up becoming a seven-story mansion. She didn't use an architect, she built everything based on what these spirits, quote-unquote, or these mediums told her to build. Now, she was a very strong belief in the paranormal activity and believed in ghosts, and a lot of people said that she was depressed, she was going a little bit insane after the death of her daughter and then the death of her husband, and she was in a very bad place mentally, and if it were maybe today, it wouldn't have been, this wouldn't have happened, this wouldn't have been a seven-story mansion, which is now only four, because the earthquake of 1906 knocked down a lot of this mansion. But let's talk about some of these rooms. The main room that everyone knows for the Winchester Mansion is the Spirit Room. 
And this is basically the room where Sarah went into this room and at 12 a.m. every single day they would ring a bell and she would then talk to the spirits that had been killed by this uh, rifle. She said she had many spirits talk to her and many people come through and this was between 12 a.m. and 2 a.m. At 2 a.m. they rang the bell again which was basically a signal to say to the spirits it's time to leave, leave her alone, she has to start building these rooms and whatnot. So the spirit room it's the most infamous room because that's where she, she sat down. If you've watched the Winchester movie, it's the room where she sits down, starts scribbling all these random things, and then she doesn't remember jack shit. And then she's like, well, oh, hang on a second, you know. What happened? I don't know what's going on. So that was the spirit room. Now, during this time when she was doing this paranormal stuff with the spirits and whatnot, she encountered a lot of dangerous spirits that she would try and confuse. And this is why the house ended up having 161 rooms. Let that sit in. There's 161 rooms in this house mansion now. It's four stories. There's 40 bedrooms, two ballrooms, and one of them was over $3,000 to build at that time, which is roughly about $1.5 million. When you do the mathematics, that's a crazy amount. It was $9,000, sorry. $3,000 was the price of a house at that time. It was $9,000 to build this ballroom. The second one was never completed because of her arthritis. She began slowing down on her building and eventually drew it to her death. So that was never completed, but you can still see it to this day when you do the ghost tours on the Winchester Mansion in Santa Valley. Yeah, Santa Clara Valley. You know, like the one on Netflix, the Santa Clara Valley diet, which got cancelled and everyone should really be upset about that. Off topic, sorry. 47 fireplaces, 10,000 panes of glass, which, oof, that's a lot of glass, 17 chimneys, two basements, three elevators. It's uh, 4.5 acres. It used to be 162 acres, but after the earthquake and all that stuff, they reduced it, they condensed everything. So all of these rooms are to try and harbor these spirits. Only one toilet worked in that whole entire mansion. Out of those 161 rooms, only one toilet worked. The rest of these bathrooms, the rest of these rooms were basically designed to confuse the spirits so they didn't bring harm to her. She firmly, firmly believed that these spirits would cause harm to her due to their, the way they died, the nature they died, their aggravation towards the Winchester name. She was trying to protect herself. So 161 rooms were built and that's a crazy amount. Really think about that just for a second. Like, I'm just sitting here talking about this and I did some research on it and you gotta think 160 can you even imagine having 60 rooms let alone 161 you guys remember that meme where the Rubik's Cube was on the shower and that's what it was like when you were going to your friend's house to use a shower imagine that Rubik's Cube, cube times 161 jeez louise you imagine hey can I use your bathroom yeah it's right here okay where do I go I'm lost I've been walking around for three days now I've started to like eat anything. They had a giant kitchen. It was crazy to think that many rooms were there. There's a lot of gold and silver chandeliers. Like this is just basic stuff about the the house and the mansion and stuff. So here's the big thing. Every single night, Sarah Winchester would sleep in a different room. And this is the reason this was is because she believed that she slept in the same room for more than one day a night. One day a night. Once a night. Sorry. If she slept like two, three nights in a row, the spirits would know where she was and they would cause harm to her. So every single night, regardless of what was going on, she would sleep in a different room. So even though these rooms were built to confuse spirits, she would try and confuse them more by going into different ones. Now, this house had infamous with the communication tubes. They had tubes going all the way through the walls and whatnot. So they could talk to the servants. They could talk to the 
waiters or whatever it may be. Um, you know, they were they were servants at the time. Let's be real, they were servants. They probably wasn't paid anything, and they were all there basically because of the Winchester rifle name. So she had these communication tubes put in through the walls. That was her uh, demand, basically. One of the bathrooms, only one shower worked. She had a needlehead shower. Because back in those days, you couldn't get your hair wet. It would mess it up. So if you were four foot ten, like Sarah was, you could shower. If you were anything over or under, you wouldn't be able to. Now, if you're under, you'll be like, well, the water would still hit you, yes, but it would mess up your hair. If you're over, it's not going to get your shoulders and below. The four foot ten shower was a custom install that Sarah requested to ensure that she was the only person who could shower in that mansion. Again, confusing the spirits. Needlehead showers don't have shower heads. They come out of the pipes, effectively. It's like poking holes or drilling holes through the pipeline. So when the water runs, it just spurts out. That's what a needlehead shower is, so you don't have to look that up. That was to try and also confuse the spirits, because again, all these rooms, only one toilet works, only one shower works. She figured, hey, you know, they won't be able to figure out where I am. A lot of this... Uh, products and that they had she had stained glass windows but lots and lots of stained glass windows like stained glass was a big thing back in the 1800s and it was all handmade there was no machines it was all handmade so it's very impressive and these stained glass these stained glass windows some of the original ones are still in the Winchester mansion and they are glorious to look at absolutely phenomenal they look beautiful it's unbelievable that people could make that by hand and they were made by the Tiffany company now the Tiffany company had a lot of windows they made for her Spiderweb window, which was a favorite web design that she had of a spider, and they made them 13 times. Now, she was always planning to have this window, but she never installed it. Instead, they put it in a storage room, which they nicknamed a 25,000 storage room. And it's because they said the contents in the storage room was appraised at $25,000. If you took that and put it into today's times, it'd be about $400,000 just sitting in a storage room, which again, is a crazy amount of money that they just had sitting around. And she just had this money just sitting there day in, day out, not really doing anything with it. It's kind of crazy, you know, that her main goal in life was not about possession or not about having all these nice things. It was about trying to keep these spirits happy and trying to ensure they didn't harm her. With that being said, it caused a lot of hazards in the building of the mansion. Now, they'd never had an architecture come in and do any plans for it so she would build blindly she would build however she thought or however she was told by these quote-unquote spirits and she was contacted so they would build onto exterior walls which would potentially have collapsing problems they built staircases they um put different size risers in and if you know building or construction the risers like will hold the whole thing together so it wasn't exactly all in unison so a lot of hazards were in place here at the Winchester mansion and I'm just going to call it the mansion from here on out because saying Winchester mansion over and over again you get it it that's what it's called or the Winchester house whatever so she would build buildings that buildings windows sorry that would look overlook other rooms so there'd just be a window looking into another window and like we said the building ex onto the exterior wall were very dangerous there's also the infamous staircase to nowhere which is just literally some stairs going up and they go nowhere again trying to confuse the spirits there's also an infinite infamous room where the door once you open it you would just fall out of the house down to your death and this outdoor was just placed there for no reason, apparently. Sarah just wanted it there, apparently. That's what the spirits told her to do. So, Winchester insisted that the home would be built out of redwood, but once she decided she didn't like the look of it, she wanted it to be stained and foul-grained. So, that would take a long time to do. Imagine painting the house 
that much. They use 20,000 gallons of paint. Now, 20,000 gallons of paint. Now, to put that into some perspective for you, 20,000 gallons, if you were to put into a tank, would be 126 inches by 31 feet. That's how much paint they use to paint this house. That's a ridiculous, ridiculous amount of paint. But hey, that's what she wanted, so being the rich woman she is, she could afford it. Now, all this time she was building this house, nobody apart, you know, nobody actually confirmed, Sarah never confirmed herself that she was building a haunted house. It was just stories and rumors that started going around. People who worked on the house said that there were daily seances with mediums to reach good spirits and try and get rid of the bad spirits. These good spirits were the ones that were uh, making Winchester this giant thing, what it was with the houses being just built on everything, being built on top of it. These were the good spirits, quote unquote, that would tell Sarah, hey, this is what will help you. They were trying to get rid of the bad spirits. Obviously, we know her thought process was these bad spirits are going to be the ones that are trying to get me, not the good ones. So that's why they tried to do. Sarah lived there for years and years and years until she died in 1922. But it was a talking point in San Jose all those times. Pretty much because everyone was like, well, this crazy woman known as the Winchester House and at this point in, in the 1900s is building this house non-stop. And with the constant inclusion of mediums and seances and all that, and like I said, the bell rang at 12 every night and rang at 2 every, mo every morning as well. That two-hour time period where she had her own seances and she would draw her own designs. And this was the key thing here. This is why it was a really dangerous house because during these quote-unquote seances, this is when Sarah would draw her designs pass them to her builders and just just be like, build this, I don't care what it costs, I don't care what it takes, I need you to build this, this is the safety. Now, in the movie, um, there is that infamous scene where her nephew shot at her, that is completely bullshit, that never happened, if anything it was her um, son, or so they said something like that, it was not her nephew, she was never shot at, she was never hit with a bullet, that was just something to really increase something in the scene. Same as at the very end when she's fighting the, the soldier and all that shit. The Winchester movie was good until they got up to that final 30 minutes where they're on. It was If you haven't seen it, spoiler alert. But the last 30 minutes is basically all based on CGI. It was a good horror movie and they went the typical horror movie map route of CGI. Bringing stuff back from the dead and then like putting them back into a holy grail kind of scenario where they're back in heaven or they're back in the rest and all that shit horror movies do that way too much and it sucks and that's one of the problems that a lot of horror movies have they just go with that typical finish of oh all the spirits are at rest the fact of the matter is this in the winchester house to this day there are creaks there are noises there are sounds people have been reporting of being tugged on by kids hearing children laughing seeing things move chandeliers moving bell ropes moving by themselves footsteps ahead of them people running downstairs all this stuff has been reported at this mansion and that's just by the workers let alone the people who have gone on tours who have stayed overnight when they get permission all that stuff this house is haunted according to all of these people now personally i don't know it's an old ass house it's a 200 year house it's going to make a lot of noises so that can explain a lot of it you can argue a lot of hauntings and things like that with science we've talked about parallel universes how it could potentially just be an alter universe but a lot of people believe this house is haunted and Sarah died in this house in 1922 and they still say her spirit lingers on in the mansion itself right now they have a picture of Sarah with a rose under it and they encourage 
um, people who come into Tora and that to try and communicate with her spirit. Apparently she enjoys the communication. Apparently she will do things for certain people, kind of like Robert the Doll or other stuff like that. And we can discuss that stuff as well in another podcast, Creepy haunted um, creatures like Robert the Doll and how Annabelle Doll and all that stuff was original, originated, sorry. So we can definitely talk about that in another podcast, but we'll keep on the haunted houses and stuff today. So, a lot of people I've been told to communicate with her and stuff like that. After Sarah died, all of her belongings were left to Marion, and Marion pretty much was like, I don't want this house, I don't want anything to do with this house, I'm going to take what I want and everything else is going away, someone can take it. Appraisers said the house was worthless because of the way it was designed, the damage from the earthquakes, and how it was constructed. It was one of those things where everyone was like, hmm, why are we even looking at this house? It's technically not up to building standards, or it's technically not up to scratch. Therefore, it is worthless and it's stupid. We don't need this. So, Marion, Marion, sorry, just took what she wanted. Everything basically in the building, which was like the gold, the silver, the chandeliers, everything that was their furniture that she could sell for a profit she took and then she auctioned the house off the house only went for $135,000 and it was five months after Sarah died so they bought this house he basically re-put furniture in it like um, couches and stuff like that tried to get as much as he could possibly and then opened it to the public for public tours and that's how he started making money it was a local investor didn't want to be named but that's how the Winchester Mansion became a tourist attraction so it's fully empty it's been refurnished and open for business. The Winchester Mansion is now open for business to the public. Now, here's where we get more present time, but definitely interesting. It's been a lot of years. It's 1922. It's about 80, 90, nearly 104 years ago. So, yeah, 80, 84 years ago. That's, that would be the math, 84. There was rumours of this secret storage unit, obviously with the stained glass spider design window and the, all the $25,000 storage room, there was rumours about that in Santa Clara Valley ever since Sarah was even alive, not even before she died, while she was alive. No one had ever found it. In 2016 though, they discovered a secret attic. They, they, there's no proof saying it was the same secret storage room, like they found stuff in it, but there might be another one. This room, this house has 161 rooms, there's guaranteed to be some traps. And there was actually a safe in a wall that had a safe in it, that had another safe in it, that had another safe in it. And in that safe was two locks of hair. One lock was from her husband and one lock was from Annie, who was her deceased baby after six weeks. That she stored in four safes just so she could have it. Kind of like a memento. I'm not really sure why. I don't know her idea. don't know where she was going with it, but that's what was found inside of the safes. So they found this secret room 2016. There was a pump organ, a Victorian era couch, a dress, a sewing machine, and a bunch of paintings. The root, these were found, and people were like, holy shit, we found a secret room, you know, what's going on? Maybe there's more secret rooms, they haven't found any as of yet, but they might, so secrets still keep coming from the Winchester Mansion. There was a lot of rooms that the public were never allowed to look at because they wasn't finished or they were dangerous. When she died, nobody completed what she was doing because nobody knew what she was doing. She didn't have an architect, she didn't have a design team, she just had builders and she was paying them, she was basically paying them salary. She was paying them on the hour every hour and that's what she did. These builders would work for her for life because they knew they were getting work non-stop because she always needed something building. So she basically had a team of builders on a salary pay 
And that's absolutely crazy to me that she could just afford a bunch of builders to be there non-stop. So when she had an idea, or when she had a seance and came up with a design, she would go to the lead builder and say, here you go, build this. I don't care how many people it takes. I don't know how long it takes. I don't care. Just make it happen. So obviously with the exception of this, you know, that people would build and whatnot, and all the stories would go around. In 2018, we had the movie release, and I discussed that a little bit earlier. And that's really what made the Winchester Mansion go into pop culture. Obviously, it was more of a local thing. Everyone knew about it or had discussed it before. But once that movie Winchester came out, it became more of a local phenomenon. A lot of people started traveling there, trying to do ghost tours and whatnot. Now, after Sarah died, nobody really knows why she was building. Again, the stories came about the seances and the ghosts and all that stuff. That's all rumors. She never had a journal. She never had family she spoke to. She was like very, very quiet. She didn't interview anything for the paper. She had nothing. So visitors would go there occasionally. They said they feel spirits. They feel ghosts. They feel people tugging on them, like I said, pushing them, all that stuff. But at the end of the day, nobody technically knows why Sarah was building this Winchester mansion. It was all one of those things of, hey, maybe it was a ghost thing, maybe it wasn't. There is no evidence, apart from what people were saying, about mediums going there and seances happening and her building it after the ghost. She spoke about ghosts a little bit. And she spoke about them to the builders. Builders would hear her saying that, you know, Sarah is speaking to ghosts and you know she's met building these rooms and locking them and there's a lot of rooms that were locked there was a lot of rooms that people had locked and they were not allowed to enter builders staff even sarah herself refused to go in there and these are rumored to be the rooms where the bad ghosts the bad spirits have been locked in and they were confused about where to go in the mansion and sarah managed to lock them into these rooms and that's why they stay locked to this day and stay remain untouched because People are like, okay, I'm not messing with that room. You know, people have said to go past the door and have a really bad energy about it, a real bad feel, and they don't want to fuck with it. And I don't blame them. If you have this bad feeling, this bad energy, hey, don't fuck with it. Just let it go. A lot of times you got to learn to pick and choose your battles. This is one of those. I ain't fucking with no door that makes some sound. I don't know about the afterlife, supernatural, all that stuff. I don't personally know about that, okay? I'm alive right now. I'm living in the moment. I'm living in the now. We discussed it a little bit earlier with the history recycling itself. You know, the previous podcast about how you're stuck in a constant time loop. I don't know. What I do know is this. If there is a higher power, if there is something like that, I ain't fucking with no ghost. I ain't a ghostbuster, okay? Like, there ain't no reason for me to be fucking with it. So if the feeling isn't right, if the spirit isn't right, the atmosphere isn't right, I ain't fucking with it. I have had a couple of paranormal experiences myself in the past, and that's something that I can discuss if you would like in a later podcast, obviously we're just doing the houses today. So I have had those experiences myself and I know my family has had experiences like that. I know a couple of friends who have had experiences like that. It's something we've all discussed before. I've lived in a haunted apartment. I'm sure it was haunted. I swear that ghost stole my cookies. I am standing by that. My cookies were on the floor. My chocolate was open. This was way before I was vegan. This was about five years ago. So I'm convinced that that apartment was haunted. So with that being said, don't fuck with it. Winchester Mansion, one of those things, if you've never heard of it, definitely watch the movie. It'll give you a better insight than this podcast will because the movie goes into it a lot more detail, a lot more of the creepy shit, the scary stuff. I can't really do that on a podcast. I mean, I could do the deep voice, scary kind of shit, but I ain't about that life. Check out the movie. Research it yourself a little bit if you're interested, and obviously if you live near the Santa Clara Valley area, check out some tickets. You can go to the Winchester Mansion online, 
They sell tour tickets. You can go around, take some pictures, send them to me on Twitter at the Synopsis Pod. We just got a new Twitter account, so it's at the Synopsis Pod. P O D. On our Instagram underscore, it's going to be at the underscore synopsis underscore podcast. Again, that's our Instagram at the underscore synopsis underscore podcast. Send me some pictures if you ever go on the tour. I'd love to see it. Send me your personal experiences. In recording this episode, obviously, I have to edit the episode. And I am editing right now as we speak. So this is added in after I've done the whole thing, but I have heard some weird voices and some weird noises on the program that I do recordings on. It's kind of creepy, especially because I've been talking about this whole haunted thing, and I'm hearing some random noises that I personally can't explain. My air conditioning is off, I don't have anything else going right now, and I'm hearing some freaky ass noises. I am messing with it. So I'm just letting you guys know that while I'm doing this post-edit, so now I'm going to go back to live Zach, and he's going to finish off the rest of this, so let me throw that out there, sorry. So with that being said, we are going to discuss another mansion that is popular in the area that I live in, Missouri. And we are going to talk about another haunted mansion. This one is called the Lemp Mansion. If you haven't heard of it, stay tuned. You're going to hear about it. It's very popular around here in Missouri. If you're not from Missouri, if you're from West Virginia, the other listeners, I'm, I'm looking at my analytics. I know what you guys are. Mississippi, West Virginia, Texas. I see y'all. You don't know about the Lem Mansion, we're going to talk about that a little bit right after we have this quick commercial break. We're going to go right into the Lemp Mansion. The year is 1868 and the Lemp Mansion has just been built by a St. Louisan by the name of Jacob Fecart. William Lemp and his wife Julia Lemp would move in in 1876. In 1911, the house underwent major renovations, converting it into a brewery. Now, the Lemp Brewery actually was dominating the St. Louis beer market before the Prohibition with their brand of Falstaff beer. And it was like a really big thing here in St. Louis. A lot of people during the Prohibition, obviously, alcohol was illegal. And it was one of those things where... If you could get hold of beer, it was like getting hold of drugs nowadays. It was very rare. It was underground. It was one of those things where you had like an underground speakeasy, I believe that's what they were called. And that was basically the fame of the Lamps at that time in St. Louis. However, that was to change pretty, pretty soon. Uh, this house, this mansion is on the top 10 most haunted places in America. So its probability of you hearing about it is pretty high. Now... This is infamous because it is home to three deaths of the Lemp family, all within committing suicide within 10 to 15 years of each other, I believe it was. So we're going to talk a little bit about this Lemp mansion and the history that goes into it. The death of Adam Lemp was in 1862. And his son William began began sorry um, expanding the brewery to try and really get that stranglehold on the market at the time. He purchased five block area around the storage house on Cherokee, and he created a brand new plant in 1964 on Cherokee Street and Caronotole Avenue. Lemp had a powerhouse. They were a powerhouse. Let's be honest. They were a powerhouse. They controlled the St. Louis beer market. And they continued to do that until the Prohibition, obviously. In 1870, they had the wealth, they had the power, they had everything. Basically, if you were in St. Louis at that time, you were 
known about the Lemp family, you knew about everything they did, they were one of those, everyone was like, holy shit, you know, they are a powerhouse, they also helped start Anheuser and Bush, uh, William Lemp Sr., helped Paps Blue Ribbon as well, they were a giant, giant name, they were like one of the biggest things in the beer company industry at that time, so that was one of those things. The Lemp family are on cloud nine, they're successful, they're doing everything, and then it all was to change when Frederick Lemp, who was William's favorite son, basically, um, and he was his heir, so he was gonna take over the whole family business. He died at 28, he was never in good health, and he died of a heart failure. William was never the same after that. He decided to withdraw himself from the public eye. He wasn't really seen much afterwards. A lot of people started getting concerned about his mental health, about how he was handling things. And on January 1st, 1904, um, William's best friend, Frederick Paps, who you may know for Paps Blue Ribbon, died as well. And it was basically now William running the brewery by himself. He would go to the office every day, but he was acting very differently. Everyone said he was nervous. They said he was unsettled. They just said he wasn't the same. So he tra he suffered two tragic losses in a very quick amount of time for himself, which really put him on edge. And again, kind of like Sarah Winchester, I feel like if this was this day and age, we'd have a lot more help for people and this wouldn't be a thing. But unfortunately, after his mental health got a lot worse, February 13th, 1904, he shot himself in the head with a 30... 0.38 caliber Smith & Wesson killed himself, which means William Lemp Jr. took over his place in the brewing company. Everyone was now like, okay, the company can get back on its feet and foot the untimely death of Senior. Junior's going to turn it around. It should be good to go. So William took over the family business. He got the fortune. He got everything. And his wife, Lillian, began spending the inheritance with him. They filled the houses with servants. They put bunch of money into clothes, into art, into carriages. She came from a wealthy family, did Lillian know, so it wasn't like she was just taking her, his money and basically being a gold digger, but effectively, Will was a player, he was having a trophy wife, he was born with a silver spoon in his mouth, so effectively, Williams Jr. believed he could do what he wanted, when he wanted, and however he wanted, so Lillian was just his trophy wife, she was his bit on the side, effectively, and it all caught up to him. Eventually, because they found out that he had a son with someone else who wasn't his wife. Now, there's no documentation that the boy was actually real, but according to a historian by the name of Joe Gibbons, they interviewed a former nanny and a chauffeur who worked at the mansion. They said that the boy existed and was housed in the attic quarters that also housed the servants' rooms. Spawned from Will's play, uh, he basically had many prostitutes that he would do, one of his many prostitutes that he would have sex with. Ended up with a child. The boy was down, uh, born with Down syndrome, and because he was such a embarrassment, quote unquote, to the Lemp family, they kept him hidden under wraps. He is now known as the Monkey Face Boy in the Lemp Mansion, and this is based on people who have seen his spirit and people who have heard him or had communications with this spirit. They said he has a monkey-like face, and that's what they call him. That's not my words. That is his, their words, not mine. So in 1908, William was finally sick of Lillian. It went into the St. Louis press that they were having an affair, that William was having an affair. There was a bunch of shit that happened. Basically, the divorce happened in the end of the day. So after the divorce, Will's troubles only just started because now, from being the biggest brewery in St. Louis, there were nine large breweries. 
that will create competition for the lamp and then in April of that year, the 16th, Will's mother would die from cancer which started to affect his mental health. The brewery's fortunes continued to decline. Lamp Mansion was remodeled in 1911, converted some of the breweries into offices. He allowed the company's equipment to just go downhill. And basically, World War I happened. The brewery was barely in existence at this point. Prohibition came in 1919. All the family members were already wealthy, so they didn't really have an incentive to keep Lamp Brewery going. So they basically they shut down. Workers learned it was closing because, and ironically, this has happened as well. They showed up to work one day, the doors were locked, and no one was there to open them. And that's how they found out they didn't have a job. Imagine that. Imagine going to your job right now and the doors are just locked. There's chains and a padlock on it, and it says close forever. Okay, well, thanks for the notice, I guess. I mean, shit. That, that's pretty shitty. So 1920... Elsa Lamp Wright, who was William's sister, she was the most wealthiest heiress in St. Louis. She shot herself just like William Cena did. William Senior, not Cena, not like John Cena, William Senior. So he shot himself, and then Elsa shot herself, and she was sad because she had a rocky marriage. She was upset, she felt like she couldn't escape. I don't know if there was a prenup involved, I don't know, obviously. I'm not going to go that deep into it, just discussing this on the podcast, but she was upset about her marriage, so she ended up killing herself. Uh, the Lent Brewing Dynasty ended, Junior started going into depression, much like his father did, and then he had ill health. On December 29th, 1922, he shot himself in the heart with a .38 caliber revolver, just like his dad did, in the exact same building where he died 18 years ago. So this was now three people of the Lent family who have killed themselves, and then they have this illegitimate son that William has, who they call the Monkey Face Boy. It's, it's kind of just a shit show at this point. 1943, we're going fast a little bit, William Lemp III died of a heart attack. Now at this point, we're just talking about the tragedy that's happened in the Lemp family before we really get into the hauntings in the mansion. The illegitimate son died in his 30s during the wars. He was buried on the Lemp cemetery plot with only a small flat marker with the word Lemp on it. So they really didn't want to acknowledge that this boy was existing. It says after the death, Charles, who was the fourth member of the Lemp family, he committed suicide, he shot his Doberman Pincher in the basement, and then he shot himself on the second floor. So that's now five people who have died in this mansion. Edwin Lemp was the only one who avoided tragedy in his life. He was quiet, he kept himself away from the brewery, he lived peacefully in Kirkwood, Missouri, and he died casually, in, uh, casually naturally, quietly in his sleep in 1970 at 90 years old. As his last wishes, the butler he had burned all the paintings that the Lemp had collected throughout their life, as well as priceless Lemp family documents and artifacts, irreplaceable pieces of history that just disappeared, because now the Lemp family lineage had died. The family is completely gone. Charles Lemp was the final member of the Lemp family, and he is gone. So with that is the Lemp family history. A lot of tragedy in that family. Three people shooting themselves with Elsa, William Sr., William Jr., and Jr. III, three shooting themselves inside the mansion, one not inside the mansion. And this is where the legend of the Lem Mansion being haunted comes into play. They say the spirit called the Monkey Face Boy, they named him Zeke, because he wasn't technically 
you know, founded as a member of the family or whatever, but he wasn't. No, rec no records say that he exists. So they called him Zeke. The Lent Mansion has many people claiming that they were touched by spirits, they have heard gunshots, they've heard crying, they've heard multiple things happening in the Lent Mansion. Now you can actually stay in the Lent Mansion. The Lent Mansion isn't as interesting as the Winchester Mansion because it's not as much as a backstory. The backstory of the Lent Mansion is as follows. They all killed themselves inside the mansion and they haunt it to this day. Now. The reason it's one of the most haunted places, you can do many ghost tours of the Lent Mansions, they do them at midnight, 3am, all that good stuff. You can also stay in the mansion itself, which is something if you're into scary stuff and haunted shit, I would recommend go to the Lent Mansion, stay there for a couple nights and let me know again on Twitter or Instagram what kind of things happened to you, if anything, and how it affected you, because that's definitely something I would be interested in. I do apologise at the Lent Mansion, I mean there is a lot of history there, and upon researching this, I know. You know, there was a lot of history with the brewing of the beer companies and helping other companies and the suicides and stuff like that. But it wasn't like any of the Lamp member family members were like Sarah Winchester in the fact that they were believing to talk to spirits or try and confuse spirits and stuff like that. This was just an unfortunate case of multiple suicides and tragedies. And one of those things where depression really took over in that family. And I personally believe if it was this day and age that wouldn't have happened and the Lamp family may still be here to this day continuing their lineage and their run. Unfortunately that didn't happen, so now the Lemp family mansion was bought in 1975, again by another investor who opened it up to the public, started it and turned it into a hotel effectively, and now they're making money off of other people. Again, back to the kind of start of the podcast, making blood money off of people. But this is one of those things where he's not really making it off of the blood money, he's making it off of the opportunity. This wasn't his fault, he didn't tell the family members to kill themselves. He didn't do anything like that, he just saw an opportunity, picked up the ball and ran with it. And hey, good for you kid, you made a shit ton of money for it. And like we said, one of the most haunted houses in America. Many people have been there, ghost hunters, paranormal investigators, all that shit. They've all heard stuff, they've all heard noises, they've all heard spirit boxes out there, they've all communicated with members of the family. A lot of people communicate with Zeke, the monkey face boy. There's been a lot of people also say that William Jr. is another very active spirit. He says about depression and stuff like that, how he couldn't deal with the death of his father. And William Jr. had it rough. I know like he was a playboy and all that shit, but he had an illegitimate son. His divorce went public. It was very messy ending. He lost half of everything that he had to Lillian. His dad shot himself, his sister shot himself, his best friend, like it was all a horrible thing. And he just had enough and said, well, fuck this, I'm out. So the Lemp family mansion, again, not as interesting as the Winchester, but it's definitely one that I'm going to throw out there for today's episode, just to really get into it. The kind of haunted houses and stuff like that. There's many haunted houses, not just in America, in like Peru and stuff like that. There is a very infamous house in Peru where... It was recently shown uh, things just throwing around the house. Nobody in there. The police were called. The things are just being thrown around in this house. There's nobody in there whatsoever. And you could just see stuff flying and shit. And it could be a very clever, elaborate hoax. But from what we're seeing, it just looks like shit is flying off the walls, flying off the handles. Everything's just getting thrown around. And it looks absolutely crazy. I definitely would not want to stay there for the night. Who knows what would happen. I would also say real quick before we move on is that if you are into this scary stuff and all that stuff, scary videos, scary stories, check out Nuke's Top 5 on YouTube. 
Now, he used to have a channel called Nuke Norway. He hasn't uploaded in that in over a year, where he did pranks on Omega and stuff. He's nuked top five. He does like scary ghost stories, scary encounters, shadows, all that stuff. A lot of shadow figures are seen on this channel. And like I said, uh, there's just so much you can check out on that channel. So definitely look up Nuke's top five. Tell him the synopsis sent you. Hey, maybe he'll come onto the podcast one day and we'll do an in-depth interview with him. See how he got into ghosts and all that stuff. The paranormal is definitely a world that I have always been interested in. As I said earlier, I've had many experiences, paranormal and other. And it's definitely interesting to me when other people have those or when you see them. The shadow figures are what always make me the most believe in everything. When you see them on like videos and stuff like that. Yes, you can't tell if they're fake and you can't tell if they've been edited. But at the same time, if you see that shadow figure at the corner of your eye or you see something like that, it always brings a little bit of attention to you and always, you know, you have that little giddy feeling like that brilliantness of, oh my God, something just happened to me. Exhilaration is the word I'm looking for. It's an exhilarating time. So if you're looking for something like that, Winchester Mansion or the Lemp Mansion, check them both out. Stay there for the night at the Lemp Mansion. Let me know what happens. Personally, I will probably do that at some point. I feel like it would be a very cool thing to do. Go on a ghost tour and then just stay there for the night. I think that'd be a little dirty vibe. Maybe it's something I'll do in the future. And hey, maybe if I do do that, I'll live podcast it. And then I can upload that as well to Spotify and Apple. And then you can have like a live experience of the podcast while we are doing the ghost tour or something like that. I feel like that would be pretty chill. Let me know what you guys think about that in the comments or on Twitter, Instagram, whatever it may be. Let me know if you think we should do that live ghost tour stream or podcast or something like that. It's just the raw footage and we're uploading. Maybe we'll hear some voices, maybe we'll hear some sounds. I don't know, but I feel like that would be very cool to do. Real quick, before we get into the last segment of this week online, let's do a quick recap of the Lemp Mansion. There was actually a lady in white who was pictured in one of the tours of the Lemp Mansion. This was five months ago. I just discovered this while doing research, so I'm adding it editing it in post edit check it out type in lemp mansion lady in white you can see this photograph for yourself she's standing at the top of the stairs somebody snapped this photograph and there she was just chilling there so definitely another thing to check out if you are going to the lemp mansion so with that being said let's move on to the last segment of what we have this week online we'll do a little recap and then we will be done with the podcast for this episode next episode we will probably be talking about either aliens more paranormal activities or more haunted houses if you guys want to hear about more haunted houses maybe in england maybe in different states different countries let me know i can do that aliens as well like area 51 that was hot topic recently with the area 51 memes but we can really go in depth and talk about aliens and their contacts and whether we believe or don't believe or whatever it may be personally i think that would be a very fun episode i may even get somebody else on the podcast to do an episode like that so i have somebody to bounce off of to get ideas from because aliens is always a hot button topic that people always want to discuss same with paranormal events and investigations If you want to hear about my paranormal experiences, I can do a podcast about that. I could do hours about stuff like that, honestly. I really could. I could also bring on other people who have had the same or different experiences, and we could talk about stuff like that. So let me know what you want the next podcast to be, and I will record it ideally and hopefully with another person 
joining me on the podcast and that way we can really discuss things and I think that would be a pretty cool vibe. Maybe it'll be with my wife, maybe it'll be with my friend, maybe my brother, maybe it'll just be me by myself ranting and raving like I usually do. Maybe a supporter, maybe I can do it with fans and we can do stuff like that, I don't know. But let me know what you guys want to see next and we'll make sure we can make that happen. So let's go into the final segment of this week online and let's just relax and try and get off of this ghostly kind of vibe that we have going on. We'll bring it back, we'll line it up a little bit and we will go into this week online right now. Okay guys, so for our closing segments of the This Week Online, again we're going to discuss the tumble dryer dog incident. It's been going around on Twitter, this bitch needs to be caught, she needs to be arrested, she needs to be charged, she needs something to happen. So if you haven't seen the video, it's absolutely disgusting. She takes this little puppy, it was a bichon by the looks of it, or like a bichon kind of size, so it's a little duck guy, a little tiny guy. And she throws him into a dryer, and she turns on the dryer for about 3 to 4 seconds, just so it spins, no heat or anything like that, but that's not the point, it spins, the dog comes out completely disoriented, looking scared as fuck, and runs off. She Instagram lived this, and people, her friends, were laughing about it online, they have it all over, and I can't honestly believe that this is something that's being condoned, like people are watching her live and being like, oh yeah, you know, this was funny. Now fuck you. If you thought this was funny, this is animal cruelty at its finest. Like you are literally putting an animal into a into a dryer, turning it on and then letting it, like what the fuck is wrong with you? Words can't describe how pissed off this video made me. And the reason it made me so mad is because I have dogs, I have cats, I have animals, I have all this. I would never treat my animals like that. What the fuck are you thinking where you can put a dog into a dryer like what kind of low-level scumbag shitty human are you that you are doing this and you're laughing about it you're live streaming it you think it's that funny you're gonna live stream that shit like come on dude what the fuck is wrong with you get your shit together fuck you i hope she gets caught i hope she gets arrested i hope she gets charged and i hope she goes to jail for a long time because she doesn't deserve to have an animal she doesn't deserve anything she she deserves nothing but fucking bad luck and karma coming her way. And it will. Eventually, it will go her, come to her like that. So, you know what? I'm going to let karma do its thing. And hopefully, it will do its thing correctly. And justice is served. And this dog is taken away from her. So, at the very, very least, we know the dog is safe. As of this recording right now, more of a lighter tone. Miley Cyrus has been seen making out with another woman. So, that may be a reason why their separation happened, I don't know, but hey, I figured I'd throw that out there so you guys can have fun with that. Kind of end the show on much more of a lighter note, like I said. I don't want to end this podcast always in doom and gloom, it feels like that. Uh, Manchester United have just beat Chelsea 4 to nothing. Frank Lampard is trending on Twitter for all my UK fans. They are like, what the hell? Why is he in charge? This is going to be a shit show. Hey, you know what? It is what it is. New things take time to blend together and it's the same with soccer or teams or anything like that it takes a while but eventually it will come together so don't panic too much guys thank you for listening to the synopsis again i really appreciate all you guys listening subscribing supporting this channel i say the channel because we're on apple tunes we're on apple Podcasts, we're on spotify we're a channel now we're growing in fandom we have a lot of people starting to listen and that's all thanks to you guys whether that be you rating us five stars on apple Podcasts, whether that be you sharing us on spotify on your instagram or your twitter whatever it may be every single person who shares and helps out the channel is doing something 
that helps us. Like, no shit, Zach. <laughs> no, something that helps you. You fucking idiot. Yes, I am an idiot. And that's why I say shit like this. But everything you guys do is moving tenfold for this, the Synopsis podcast. And eventually, I want us to become a place where the fan interaction is there. We can all talk to each other. We can all have like a Reddit or like a Discord or something like that where we can all just chill and relax. And it will be a fun time. With that, I want that to be a goal that we have. By the end of 2019, the Synopsis podcast will be something that people will be like, okay, I'm looking forward to this. And then we have different people on different episodes and we just have a good time. We just have fun because that's what life needs to be. It needs to be fun. Now, I will say this before we sign off. Again, I thank you guys. If you haven't checked out Black Clover or Dr. Stone, check them out. Black Clover, I'm going to get into it real quick. Spoiler alert. The fact that uh, Licked isn't really Licked, it is uh, Petri, and he was reincarnated, and you know might actually be the real Licked. That's something that would put me into a holy shit moment. Same with Dr. Stone. Uh, luckily, Senku's still alive after that cervical shot to his neck. The magical healing powers of the nitric acid mixed with alcohol managed to make him survive because it regenerated the body's healing. If you're not into anime, that's fine. You won't get me. But check it out on Crunchyroll. You can download the app for free. You have to look at commercials, but trust me, it is worth it. Black Clover, one of the best animes I've ever seen. I discussed it in my very first podcast with animes when I had my ghetto-ass setup, when I was just doing it recording with my microphone for my PlayStation, so it sounded a lot worse than it does now. So with that being said, guys, check out Black Clover. Check out Dr. Stone. And while you're at it, check out Hitori Bochi no Manu Manu. Very good show about a high schooler who has social anxiety. For anyone who has anxiety or something like that, it's fucking hilarious, trust me. You won't want to miss it. It's a fantastic little segment show. Only 12 episodes, 25 to 30 minutes each. Check them out. You could spend your day doing it. You'd be having a great time. Also, real quick, Tubi.tv just released the whole entire four seasons of Lucha Underground. So if you're into a mixture of professional wrestling and kind of having it story-driven and have it cinematic, check out Lucha Underground. It's really, really fun to watch. A mixture of some good wrestling and some good storylines. and just it's, it's a fun time. It's nothing too serious. So check it out. And that's what I've really got for you this week, guys. Um, Again, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for liking. Thank you for giving us the five stars on um, Apple Podcasts. We do appreciate it for sure. I say we because it's as a group. It's a collective unit. We're family here on the, on the synopsis. And everyone who comes on to the show or who supports us, who donates, who subscribes, whatever it may be, your family. We love what we love you. We really do. We appreciate it. You guys supporting us and sharing with your friends makes it possible so I can continue doing this and continue to entertain you. Even if it's only for an hour, one one hour every three days, or whatever it may be, whatever you do to listen to us, at least it's entertaining you. It's something to do while you're doing other things, something to listen to, and we appreciate it. Again, thank you for listening. We love you. Have a great day today. Have an even better tomorrow. And next episode, who knows what we'll be talking about, but you know that we'll be having fun, like we always do, and we're going down that rabbit hole right here on The Synopsis.